Hi, I'm Melinda Garvey, and you're tuning in to The Soul Rich Woman Show with Janissa Alora. A strong and independent woman is something to behold. She pays her own bills, buys her own things, and she doesn't let a man affect her stability or self-confidence. She is a soul-rich woman. Are you ready to be rich doing what you love? Be on purpose and in control of your life again. At For Women Who Love the F Word podcast, we will be openly talking about getting more clients online, getting recognition as the leader and female entrepreneur, and also the F Word, being fabulous, having freedom, and financial independence. It's time to own and love the F Word. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to Soul Rich Woman Show for women who love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. Today we have a really special guest with us. Her name is Melinda. Melinda, would like to introduce yourself. Tell our audience what you do and why you do what you do. Yes, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be on the show. I am also a fellow fellow podcaster, and you so so uh, graciously uh, were, was on my podcast as well. So appreciate that. Um, but I am really um, I've done several things in my career. Um, that what what I'm doing right now is I have a magazine for women called Austin Woman Magazine that I founded 18 years ago. And I also have another company called On The Dot. And we have sort of two arms of On The Dot. And one is a media arm. So it's global media, really just telling great stories about relatable role models and really helping women advance and achieve and uh, through the stories of, of other women. And now, just most recently, I have developed a software platform. So I go into medium and large companies and help women and diverse employees connect and engage and advance within these, these companies. And what was the inspiration that got you started on, you know, the dot and the, you know, the, and the various platforms? Well, the, the interesting thing is, this was, you know, I've got to go back a long time now, about 19 years ago, and I was in one of those jobs that's really, really good on paper. Have you ever had one of those? <laughs> it's great on paper. You're like, wow, this is great pay. They gave me an apartment to live in. It fit all of, you know, the, I fit all the qualifications for education and experience and was all going to be great except that it wasn't. And fast forward, I had just moved to Austin for this job and I was about eight months into it and just it re- just lamenting like, how did I get into this company? It was just, it was just the worst experience, um, just the worst interaction um, with the management and the team. It just, I knew that that's not what I was supposed to be doing, but I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, at the time, I had never even considered entrepreneurship. It wasn't wasn't in my DNA. I didn't have entrepreneurs in my family. And I was out with some friends um, one night and we were drinking some wine, you know, as you do. I was, you know, lamenting and having a pity party about, oh gosh, I got to get out of this job. I got to figure out what I'm doing. And one of my friends looks at me and she says, hey, Melinda, I just got back from Des Moines, Iowa. I'm like, okay, Des Moines, Iowa, middle of the country. Um, you know, just like, okay, so great. You're going to interrupt my pity party and talk about your trip to Des Moines, Iowa, but please, by all means. And she said there was this really cool magazine there called Des Moines Woman. And, you know, no one's talking about women in this town. And this is back 
in um, 2001 or early 2002, actually, when the first tech boom was happening in Austin, Texas. So it's now known as sort of a technology capital, you know, kind of second to Silicon Valley. Um, but this was sort of that first boom. And just everywhere, you know, every media, it was men, 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 men. You never read anything about women. And I did have some publishing background. And she looks at me and she says, you know what, you should do that. You have some publishing background. You could figure that out and you could actually talk about women. And I can tell you, I remember like it was yesterday. The hair stood up on the back of my neck. I was just instantly passionate about the idea. And I knew, I knew that's what I was supposed to be doing. And so it, it just, it, it's really just a, an amazing thing. And I always like to tell that story because I think sometimes people think, oh gosh, you know, entrepreneur, they're born to be that way or they have it in their DNA or they've done all those things or they have this great idea. Sometimes things just fall out of the blue. And I just had to have the, enough courage to take that step and to do that. And so seven months later, um, I launched the first issue of Austin Woman and that was in September of 2002. And if you fast forward to a few years ago, we had a woman running for president here in the United States. And the women's movement was really starting to kind of rev up. Um, and there was a lot going on with that movement. And then, of course, a lot of the negativity with Me Too and all kinds of things started happening. Mm. And I really wanted to study and understand, you know, what was happening and what was really holding women back. And we hear about all the big ones, you know, lack of access to capital, lack of access to continuing education and networks. And, um, you know, all, we, we hear those all the time. But what we don't hear about is the number one thing that was holding women back. And that was lack of access to relatable role models. If you can't see it, you can't be it. And I have to say, when I read that, it knocked me over with a feather. I thought, well, wait a minute. I'm already doing that here in Austin. I'm providing these relatable role models. I've been doing it at this time for, gosh, like 13 or 14 years. How could this be? I know that there are tons of relatable role models. I mean, you know that. You interview amazing women all the time, right? Um, but we're just, we weren't seeing them in the media. And so that's what I set out to do originally with On The Dot is really take a global perspective and tell the stories of amazing women who are just like you and me. You may not know their name. They may not be all over the big media, but they're doing incredible things and really making a difference. Because I knew that if women heard those stories and they and could relate to them and could see their path, that they would then take that step and have the confidence to take the step to take that path as well. So, um, and about that time, gosh, you know, we've been doing that for a couple of years and I started getting asked to speak at a lot of big companies, um, you know, big corporations um, around the States. And what I kept hearing again and again from women and other diverse employees within these big organizations was that they were far more siloed and had far more, far fewer just resources and connections and networks than even entrepreneurial women did. You know, I knew a lot of entrepreneurial women because that's the space I was in. And I really started to sort of, you know, understand what was going on. And of course, most women are working within these companies. And at the same time, I realized that companies are starting to panic because they can't retain women and diverse employees and they can't advance them because they can't see others like them that have made it. 
And so that's when I started working on a technology solution for these big companies to basically come in within inside companies and um, really help connect and engage and find mentors for and find events and for all these women and diverse employees and really helping them advance within organizations. So it's kind of part of this whole diversity and inclusion movement um, that's happening right now. And that, that thank goodness, companies are actually starting to really sit up and, and take notice and are putting a lot of money behind these initiatives. And uh, whatever that you're doing, I mean, this new project or even for the Austin Women magazine, then now that you have um, grown the portfolio for, you know, you know reaching out to more women uh, through stories uh, for relative, relatable role models. I mean, what were some of the greatest um, struggles that you had in the stages of um, starting out all these uh, pieces of um, entrepreneurship? Because for women, it's always... Oh, you know, you've done it because even though you had it not so easy, I mean, you had some, uh, you know, go through some of the school of hard knocks. But to you, what were some of the biggest struggles? Yeah, well, I think that, of course, in the very, very beginning, um, the struggle of, okay, starting a business. I mean, I had no clue. And I literally, I mean, have this book on my shelf and it's called, I mean, I went to the bookstore, which also dates me because I went and sat down in a Barnes and Noble bookstore and I went to the business book aisle and I got a book starting a business in Texas. I mean, I had no clue. So I mean that basic like, oh my gosh. And I didn't have any other, I didn't know any other female entrepreneurs really. I didn't know anybody who had started business. I mean, I just wasn't, you know, connected in that way. So I thought, oh my gosh, how am I going to figure out how to do that? So that was kind of that first, just really finding, finding that with, without having the role models there. You know, this, this it's so incredibly different, um, these days, because there are so many incredible female entrepreneurs, and especially in Austin, Texas. Um, but back then, it was really, really different. And then I think that, you know, always, 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 the greatest struggle is, is just that, is the confidence. It's the believing that I can do this. I mean, you know, when, when I started talking about a technology solution and a platform and software, I mean... I am low tech, you know, I'm on the more creative side. And I thought, how I can't do that. I mean, I remember thinking to myself, well, I mean, somebody else has got to do this because I can't, because that's not my background. And, you know, overcoming those things and seeing yourself. And I remember the first time it was about a year and a half ago, somebody says to me, oh, so you're a SaaS company. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. It means software as a service. They, they're like, I'm like, yeah, SaaS company. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm sassy. I'm sassy. I mean, I mean, I really, I was like, what are they talking about? You know, I mean, that's how far I've come. But I think that, that on the other side of that, you know, what I, what I know is that I just kept, I, I just kept putting the, the mission, you know, the problem I wanted to solve. And I kept trying to solve it and talking to people about it. And I surrounded myself with the people who could help offer those solutions who could take out of my creative brain and actually create a software platform, for example. So it's like surrounding yourself with those people is so, so critical to kind of bridge that confidence gap. And do you have a mentor? I mean, do you eventually find someone to like guide you or was it really through that, you know, knocking around and getting in your way? Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I have never had a mentor sort of in the true sense of the word. You think, you know, you have this person that you, you know, you meet with regularly or that really has helped you. But what I will say is that especially 
with on the dot what I've done, you know, not only on the, the consumer side, but also on the business software platform side is that because of what I've done with Austin Woman Magazine, I had so many mentors and so many people that I knew and had access to. And I was like, wait a minute, I know somebody who's done that. I can call her. And so I really had this tremendous network and, and it, it has been invaluable, absolutely invaluable to me. Wow. And I see that you are not afraid of like, you know, asking for help. You know, where do you pick that up? I mean, just, you know, I know, you know, this person, I could call her, you know, it's not first nature to a lot of women to them. It's like, oh, I don't think they will help me. You know, why should they help me? But you had that power of, you know, being able to just take the first step to ask, well, how did, how did, you know, happen for you on that point? What was the mindset that caused you to like, hey, I can just have to reach out to more women. Well, I mean, I can say that it, it, is, it, it was hard in the beginning, but here's the leg up that I had on this, is that for years, I had been in a position to help others, right? I was a media company. I was talking about women. I was connecting women. We were doing events, and, and I, I did get asked a lot. And what I remembered is how great it made me feel to be able to make that connection that helps somebody launch their product or their career or help them get a promotion or to give them a piece of advice. It's, it's really self-serving. I thought, oh my gosh, I loved doing that. It, it just really gave me so much joy to give, give, give. And so anytime I would feel awkward when I got to the stage where I really needed to ask, I thought, you know what? this is going to make somebody feel really good when they can help me. People want to be asked. They really do. And especially if they can help you, there's nothing better than being able to send a targeted key email or an introduction and boom, something spectacular happens. That's pretty powerful. It's a pretty powerful feeling. So for you, ultimately, what you're doing now for the software company and right now for the women uh, you know, outreach that you're doing, what is your big why? You know, my big why is that I truly, truly believe that this, everything that's going on in the women's movement right now, you know, all the negativity and the things that are holding us back, I truly believe that women alone hold the solution in their hands. And I think what happens is, is that we've been waiting around for others to stop doing bad things, which they do need to stop doing bad things. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, we actually have the power. If we support each other, if we connect each other, if we build the kind of networks that men have done beautifully for years. I mean, the old boys network is built out of, oh, wait, I got a buddy for that. Let me introduce you to him. I got a buddy who does that. Because they had so much abundance, right? There was so much abundance that they didn't fear, hey, if I introduce my buddy over here, that might take away an opportunity for me. I think that women have been living in this scarcity mindset for so long because we think, oh gosh, there's only one, there's 10 shots up there, but only one of them. I, I only have a shot at one of those, you know, jobs because there's, I only see one other woman there. We see scarcity. And so I think we're afraid. We're afraid to make connections because we're afraid it's going to take away from us. But what I preach to women is, I swear to you, it's like the influencer always wins. The person who makes the most connections, who helps, who builds those networks, who makes the introductions, 
is always the one that everyone comes back to. It, it is an elevated. And if we all could realize that and do that and realize that there's enough out there for everyone, I truly believe we could solve, we could literally solve this thing overnight. We would, you know, equality of pay and, and ca- access to capital and all the things that are, that are holding women back. I, I really believe we have that in our hands. And so that, that drives me all the time because I feel like if I just keep not only preaching it because I don't want to just do that, I certainly talk about it a lot, but provide access to role models, provide a software platform where women and, and diverse employees within companies can actually have some place to go to find the resources they need. So, um, you know, providing those tools that will, that will help do that. And you mentioned, you know, um, the tools that to help them to do their things that they want to do in their life. So what are the three top tools do you have for women to excel and accelerate? Mm, yes. Well, I think that, in, you know, first of all, my first one is make the introduction. I mean, to do as much as you can. Anytime you meet someone new, you should be thinking about who can I introduce them to and what friends am I need to be introduced. Always make those connections. If, if, you, if that is your mindset from day one, not like, ooh, okay, I wonder what kind of connection it could be for me. Forget about you. It'll all come back to you. I really believe that. Like really think that through. Um, I think um, being the encourager, being someone who is a truly a cheerleader and an encourager for women um, and, and helps them because we do have this confidence gap. It's a real thing and exists because there's been inequality for a really long time. So it's not something to be ashamed of. We all have it. We all suffer from that, but we can help each other through. So just really understanding that even if you're confident, and I have run across some women who have kind of made it, you know, and are super confident. And they're like, well, I don't understand because I got there and I, you know, but those are the women that we need the most. They need to understand that, wow, they really had something special. Now bring that and teach that to others. Um, you know, and I think that um, is lastly is just keep at it, you know, don't give up. But also, I think we've gotten to a place in, in just really in, you know, overall, I think life and sort of what's going on and certainly what's going on here in the U.S. is there's a lot of divisiveness. And I think that we have lost tolerance because I think we feel like we feel like we've tolerated things for so long. Sometimes when we, when we have a lot of tolerance, then things go really bad, like a lot of the Me Too stuff. But we can't swing so far the other way that we have zero tolerance because people are going to screw up, right? And we need grace. And, and the, part, the grace part is like understanding, okay, wow, you know, they kind of screwed up or they said something wrong or they didn't do that. But guess what? I do that too. So helping teach each other how to work together again. And certainly that applies for women, but really that applies for everyone, you know, and certainly this group of diverse employee, you know, how can we're these, you know, diverse people, how can we all help each other advance? And usually you see, you know, in a relationship, there are like power struggles. I mean, we, so we talk about, you know, making the connection, helping one another, but how do you manage that? I mean, like when you work with people, the power struggles piece. You know, I, I think that the power struggle piece is just, I mean, it's, it's, 
as long as there's ego, which there will always be, I think it's hard. But someone told me something just very recently that's really resonated with me. And, you know, what they said is never say, I understand. I know where you're coming from. Because you know what? You probably don't. You know, they, you don't know their experience. You don't know the pain someone else has been through. You don't understand. what The best that you can do is listen and actually hear them. Even if it's a differing opinion, even if you think, oh, they're struggling with me, hear where that's coming from. Try just to, just to, and to let them know that they have been heard and, and they're accepted. And I think that that's a really important thing. We're always trying to say, oh yeah, I get it. I understand. I understand this. And sometimes we just don't understand and we're not going to, uh, we're not going to be able, because we don't, we haven't come from that same place. And so I think that a lot of the power struggles would sort of dissipate if people really just practice listening and trying to just say, okay, I, I hear what you're saying. I may not be able to understand it because I'm not coming from that same place, but I hear you. And that most of the time, that's all people want. And for podcasting, the one that you're doing and the show that I was on, yes. um, you know, you meet so many women, great, amazing women, you know, while you're on your journey. Could you share with us how it has changed you or impacted you by doing this show? You know, I have to say that, that just, I mean, not just the show, but certainly all the years I've had the magazine, it is, it is incredibly humbling because it's sometimes my jaw hits the floor. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I, and I feel, I start to feel that like, oh, I have done nothing compared to these, you know, what they've been through or, or what they've overcome or what they've accomplished. And I think that, that, you know, you tend to kind of pull back and go, <clears throat> but what I've realized is like, oh my gosh, I've been given this gift. You know, I get to interact with these incredible people. And so I think what I've learned is how to channel, basically channel all of their badass into, into giving me some more, right? I mean, and that's what we can all do is, and that's what that supportive mindset comes from is, again, it's abundance. And if somebody is clearly far, far more successful than me or has far more listeners on their podcast, great. You know, I channel that and, and really embrace that. And I think that that's what I have learned is to not feel less than. And how, you know, how did I mean, like, but this mindset of, you know, that the person is better than me, you know, oh, I feel so small and tiny. Are there some mindset stuff that you actually shifted or, you know, struggle with prior before you overcoming this? You know, I don't know that I can actually say that I, I struggle with it, you know, more than the norm, you know, just we all have our insecurities. And in fact, I would say, actually, I'm probably, and I always have been probably more confident than the average bear, if you will, and, and not felt that way. But what I realized is that even someone as confident as I am, and, you know, I was always willing to speak up and all that, I still have that. So I can only imagine. So I think it's really understanding that that you know, no matter no matter how confident you are, and how, you you still have. There's always that little something that you have to to overcome. So what's your favorite quote that you always use to encourage yourself? Oh my yourself? gosh, my my favorite quote. Well, I have a lot of them, but I love and I hear this all. You know, I hear just people talking. Oh, you know, social media. I have to be perfect, and well, I'm not ready to start my business because it's not perfect yet. So I say, 
perfection is the enemy of great. And actually, my best friend told me that quote once. And I was like, what? I mean, that is so profound to me. I talk about it in meetings with my staff when they're kind of getting wrapped around the axle about something. And I was like, guys, perfection is the enemy of great. You know, no one is ever going to be perfect, but we're going to miss being great because we're all we're going for is perfection. And for you, who is a soul rich woman? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I think a soul rich woman is someone who um, not only feeds off of the confidence of other women and the stories of other women and allows that to fill her up, but who also actively seeks out um, kind of building communities of other women and helping other women. I think at the end of the day, there's just there's nothing better than that feeling of you've got you've got people who've got your back. So, what is your favorite F word? Hold the horses, fabulous <laughs> freedom and financial independence. Fabulous freedom mm. and financial independence. Which I F like. Word? I like them all. But you know what? I think that that freedom. You know, freedom is so many. Um, you know, can can mean so many things. But I think that freedom from this scarcity mindset is is what I think is going to change the world. Wow, I love that. Now, how can my audience reach you? Um, they can find out all about us. Um, you can either go to. I'll give you my three websites. So atxwoman.com. And that's the magazine website, and you'll you see all kinds of features on amazing women there. Um, also, onthedotwoman.com. So, onthedotwoman.com. And if you're interested in our diversity platform, and we've also got some great content there, onthedotdiversity.com. So, any last advice for women who are still sitting on the fence and thinking that you know their life is so you know scarce, you know there's not much abundance stuff going on in their life? What would you tell them? Um, what I would tell them is just start. Any little thing makes an impact, and it's sort of like you know if everyone would just do a little, we could solve this problem. You don't have to do a lot, and if that's not your comfort level to jump in, you know, all in with both feet, that's okay. But do something because it will fill your cup more than you can ever imagine. Absolutely love that. Well, Melinda, thank you for being on our show, and for those listening out there, thank you for joining us today. I hope you love this episode. Um, you know, we hope that I've also done everything in our power to make it well worth your time. To connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and yeah, looking forward to see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so honored that we are connected, and I hope that I can continue to serve you as you build your dreams. And if you love this episode, and I hope that you did, rate it five stars. Give us that glowing review because it will help more women around the world finding the Soul Rich Woman podcast. Alone, you are strong. Together, we are unstoppable. Now share this with every woman who needs it, because this is how we are changing the world, one woman at a time. As always, get out of your comfort zone and go towards the dreams you've always wanted to achieve. For women who love the F word, 
being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. My dear soul rich woman, sending you my love and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.